0: Boom. Enjoy the show. Out. Boom! Yo, special announcement. We've got the very first Protector Symposium coming up this November 15th and 16th. Check the website, Byron Rogers Motivation. For more information about it, you can purchase tickets there. It's going to be amazing. We've got Ed Caldrone and Yosef Badu coming on to teach us some hardcore soft skills. Check it out get involved. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. We're going to have a great time leveling up as protector. So check the website, ByronRogersMotivation.com or ExecutiveProtectionLifestyle.com for all the details and to purchase you and your security detail, police department, or family's tickets out. Boom! Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm back with Ami Tobin. Uh, we are doing a sequel here from the last episode that we did, um, but it's but it's a different subject matter. It's a different subject matter altogether. So, how you doing, Ami? Good to have you I'm back.
1: Doing, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. It's it's one thing to have me on one time, but uh, but to be invited yeah. back is quite a quite a thing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. Absolutely.
0: You got a lot of good content to uh, share, man. A lot, a lot of stuff for us to, I don't know, go through, you know. So real quick, just for, just in case it's the first time someone's hearing from you, uh, real quick overview of the background, your background.
1: Yeah. So I am uh, the Director of Consulting Training and Special Operations for a uh, San Francisco Bay Area company called HICOM Security Services. Uh, we're a company that's, uh, that does high-level preventive work, We got started doing terrorist activity prevention, bringing Israeli methodologies of terrorist activity prevention to uh, an environment that's very different from Israel. And we do a lot of uh, high-level work with uh, Israeli government, Jewish uh, community, lots of other foreign governments, lots of other high-end kind of companies, Silicon Valley, and so forth. And um, to segue from that uh, into... I guess what we're going to talk about mostly today is surveillance detection, which is kind of an offshoot, at least uh, as far as my process was, from terrorist activity prevention, getting deeper into the mechanics of uh, hostile planning and detection of hostile planning, which gets you to detection of hostile surveillance. So, um, that maybe just, uh, you know, I'm born and raised, uh, I was born and raised in Israel. Uh, did my IDF service there in the mid-90s, so that's also uh, a factor, and did some specialized training in surveillance detection later on, uh, also uh, in Israel, and have been working in Highcom security services here in the San Francisco Bay Area in uh, private sector security for the last uh, 14, 14 and a half years or so. Um, I do a lot of writing, so a lot of people might have uh, seen me before online with uh, my blog, Protection Circle. You can find it at protectioncircle.org and uh, my book, Surveillance Zone. And by the way, uh, I just I, I purposely kind of have it. If if anybody was wondering from the first uh, uh, chapter that we recorded, why I'm sitting I'm sitting in my in my kitchen right now, and uh, why I have this kind of fancy audio equipment is because I just finished recently recording the audio version of my book Surveillance Zone, so which is out now, so shameless plug. Yeah. But yeah, I have all this fancy uh, audio equipment. And I'm sitting in my kitchen also because <clears throat> I think I mentioned this in the last uh, podcast where I was going to write this article about the process of writing and publishing a book and recording an audio, uh, which I did end up, uh, it's the, that article is out. You can look it up at uh, Protective awesome. Circle. And uh, yeah, about how a lot of the uh, the writing and a lot of the work that's done in the background of a lot of the stuff you see and hear regarding uh, terrorist activity prevention and surveillance detection and all that kind of fancy kind of stuff, a lot of the writing and a lot of the bulk of the trenches of, of that takes place right here in my own kitchen, wearing pajamas, very ignobly. Uh, there's a lot of kind of hard work that goes behind the scenes of a lot of stuff that, that seems much more, it seems flashy, but you know a lot, a lot of the work is kind of behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that, man. That's that's the game, man. The guerrilla yeah. warfare of it, you know, making it, uh, making things work, and and just getting to work in your pajamas sometimes. If you yeah,
1: get. part of my <laughs> shtick, you know. It's like it's really cool to show, like you know, photos, you know, Instagram worthy photos from yeah. the field and stuff. But it's I I love also showing how it looks in the trenches, you know, how it looks in like the not so flashy kind of parts of it.
0: Yeah. 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 the guts. That's good stuff, man. And just uh for those listeners, just to be clear, yeah, the last episode we did was on um was on uh stopping terrorist activity and counter terrorist activity operations and things like that. Um terrorist activity prevention specifically was the title for yeah. that one. So uh if that's interesting do you go check it out. Uh, it was a good episode um and today we're gonna get into sd man that's what everybody you know that's that's one of the new cool cool things in the ep industry and the security. probably should just say private security industry yeah um so we're gonna jump up into that but real quick your book is kind of about that too uh you want to touch
1: on that real quick yeah it's it's essentially an expose on um it's an expose plus uh, I don't want to say tutorial because uh, you can't learn how to do something. You can't do something just by reading a book. Right. But um, it's uh, explaining, explaining about this field of corporate surveillance detection and covert special operations. And the expose part of it is revealing the fact that it's been going on for quite a while and there's mm-hmm. quite a bit of it going on. And a big part of what I do in the book is share actual stories from the field, actual operations, actual trainings, actual things that have happened. I uh, use discretion and I change a few things and I don't reveal any names of, of clients, of course. Um, but I want to kind of share a, a bit of the reality of of what happens out there. And every time, every pretty much every chapter kind of starts with a story, sometimes continues with a story uh, from an actual operation and then goes into the mechanics of what it is that we do. How do we do it? How does it, how is it done? Going from, from surveillance to surveillance detection to mobile, static surveillance detection, mobile surveillance detection, covert methodology. And, and uh, I give a lot of examples. And as I said, sort of stories from the field So
0: yeah. Awesome. No, the stories are awesome it's, I, That's, that makes everything more interesting. So that's good. Good to go, man. All right, so SD, Surveillance Detection 101. Break it down
1: if you're- Okay. Blank canvas. Yeah, I think I'll break it down. I'm going to try to avoid um, making any pronouncements about this is how it is and and, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. There's different ways about this. There's different takes on it. There's Mm -hmm. even different definitions altogether of what it is that we're doing. Um, So- I will give you my own. I mean, I didn't make this up. I I learned this. There's some things that I learned over over time, but we start by the fact that what we're doing is high level preventive work. We've already broke down the fact that what we're doing is prevention and not strictly speaking reaction. So we're not doing force on force or countermeasure, reactive countermeasures uh, to stop an attack. We're, We're looking to prevent it from happening in the first place. The key to doing prevention is not to target an attack again that that would be reactive reactive is to target what comes before the attack which is hostile planning hmm. when you target hostile planning um, you want to nip it in the butt so it will never reach the the, the point where it be, materializes into an attack within hostile planning I kind of broke it down a little bit um, or a lot in the last podcast in the last ep- episode um, the most important steps within the hostile planning process uh, for us to prevent are the surveillance steps. And the reason is because those, are, those might be the only steps in the process where somebody actually shows up. Before the attack, somebody is actually present. If they're present and we're present, we have an opportunity to do something about it. Now, conventional security can deter Uh, This is a lot of what we do, deterrence by appearance, detection, exposing, all of that kind of stuff. But there is also uh, the ability to detect it covertly, Uh, and in some cases that's necessary. When we don't necessarily want to simply deter, we might want to collect some information, some intel on the entity, uh, or we might not want the entity to be deterred and then come back in a place where we can't detect it again. So again, there there might be uh, a need to detect hostile surveillance and that's what gets you into surveillance detection and that's the main reason why uh, surveillance detection uh, might need to be conducted or needs to be in a classic form, needs to be conducted covertly. This is not to say that there aren't, I do quite a bit of uh, instruction to uh, other teams of overt, of conventional security, of equipping them with elements of surveillance detection into their conventional security. That's not strictly speaking surveillance detection, that's surveillance detection enabled security. Um, Surveillance detection itself uh, is conducted covertly. What you want to do is detect the indicators of hostile surveillance without them detecting you. Uh, The way you do it ideally is to detect correlations. I can get into that a little bit in a little bit, but correlations, it gets a little tricky. Hmm. Uh, And again, wanting to detect those without them detecting you in order to have the ability to to report and to follow that up with something. So surveillance detection, as its name indicates, it's a detection of surveillance. It's a detection of a problem. You obviously don't detect it for the hell of it. You detect Hmm. it for some kind of follow-up. Follow-ups, whatever they may be, it could be a conventional follow-up by security or law enforcement. It could be more of an unconventional follow-up in the sense of counter-surveillance. Again, these are the definitions I learned. Other people know counter-surveillance in other ways, but the way I learned it, counter-surveillance is when you turn the tables and start doing surveillance on the surveillance. You're not just detecting them. You have to detect them first, but then you're going straight. You're going offensive on them. You go and start following them to collect intel or evidence um, on them for whatever follow-up might happen. Ah, So
0: look at that. So it's, it's, I mean, these are the layers and levels of... Really, the surveillance game, you know, so that it's not so much about decisive action in terms of being an aggressor or um, even making contact with your subject. This is all surveillance stuff, it's exactly counter surveillance, which is countering and going back yeah. and conducting surveillance and, and again some detection. people
1: have the definitions where counter surveillance is yeah. actually what i define surveillance detection some people use the term i think in england they use it a lot anti-surveillance which is more of an umbrella for all of that because okay yeah. that's kind of what we're trying to do um what i learned is that surveillance detection is the detection of it and then mm. follow-up might be counter surveillance one important thing i want to mention too maybe is that we're not trying to detect surveillance for its own sake. Surveillance by itself is not the main problem. So we don't want to make more out of hostile surveillance than it is. We don't want to make more out of surveillance detection than it is. <clears throat> surveillance is a very important, hostile surveillance is a very important part in the hostile planning process. It's the yeah. most detectable part to us. What we're most concerned about, what everybody's most concerned about is an attack, an attack on principle, an attack on the client. Yeah. That's what we're trying to detect. Um, We're not going to wait for the attack to come. We're going to detect the indicators before the attack that somebody's planning. And the best indicators, once again, are... Hostile surveillance. So we're we're trying to that that's what we're trying to do. And and, and not to make more out of it than, than it is. I mean it, it does sound very sexy. I, I agree. And it's it's really cool. But mm. we're not just doing it for 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 fun. That's sexiness. And <laughs> surveillance by itself. Somebody's surveying. Somebody's surveillance right. is not gonna kill anybody. Right. What the surveillance is used for. Intent information and, uh, that is gathered, that is used to put together an attack, that's gonna hurt somebody so that's what we Mm want to what we want to prevent and because it's so not like you said it's not force on force or anything like that Mm um i put surveillance detection in the field of protective intelligence rather than in the field of physical security yeah Uh, you are not securing you're gathering field intel so it's field protective intelligence how i put it outstanding so then with
0: the correlation then Mm-hmm. Is that what takes place when you start to see, okay, well, why is this person surveilling us, and you make correlations that make those motivations more and more clear? So the
1: correlation work? is actually something that the hostile surveillance does does uh, and that's what we're trying to detect. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a correlation is it's an umbrella term, and let me break it down to what it means the break the it down. Maybe the most straightforward version is mm-hmm. somebody's in the area. Mm. Observing the client. So you can look at that line of sight. They're they're observing because they're collecting visual information. Right? They're, again, mm. they're not there for fun. They're collecting information for a hostile plan. Mm. Uh, that line of sight between their eyes and the client, whatever it may be, a, a, a principal or a, a facility or a campus or a main entrance or a, mm. or a loading dock or a back entrance, um, that line of sight is a correlation. A correlation is is kind of a connection between the client or a vulnerability in the client really, and the hostile individual who's collecting the information on it. So I I like to put it as like an equation, it's got two sides and the correlation is what connects the two sides of the equation. It isn't always apparent and you have to position yourself, not only to be able to see both ends of it, otherwise how will you see the correlation? But to be able to see both sides of it covertly, which is to mm-hmm. say, in most cases, you want to be behind the hostile surveillance. You, you want to be outside of their field of vision so they don't see that you've just detected them, uh, which means if you got an equation and you got the client here and the hostile surveillance here, uh, I don't necessarily want to be here on the sides to see both things because the surveillance can, I'm in their field of vision. I wanna be behind them, which means if you turn it around, I wanna be sort of looking at the backs of heads Mm -hmm. of uh, a hostile surveillance and looking at the correlations or along the correlation Mm -hmm. rather than uh, across it. That way I can reduce the risk of me being detected while I'm doing it. So yeah, by the way of the fact that it's not physical protection because I'm willingly allowing a hostile surveillance to be closer to the the principal or the client than I am. I'm putting myself behind them. Uh, which it's important to mention this is not instead of security you should have physical protection you're augmenting it with another layer of as i said field protective intelligence so i've, I've taught a lot of people and i've worked with a lot of people who have a, a problem with that you know you're a protector and it just it, it drives people crazy how can i be so far away like a block and a half away yeah in a coffee shop look you know pretending to look at my phone allowing somebody in a vantage point to be closer to the client than me it, it drives people crazy but that's yeah. sort of some of the dynamics that go into this so yeah be a correlation of observation there are other correlations correlation of movement is another sort of i think okay. you need to understand where if you have a mobile target a mobile principle and somebody's correlating that to them in movement uh-huh. they they go they they go they stop they stop they turn they turn over a long enough period of time you can eliminate uh coincidences because a lot of people might be going the same way to a certain extent right uh, over enough uh, time and if you position yourself correctly you can observe that somebody isn't just coincidentally going the same way somebody is purposely following purposely correlating in movement which could also correlate in observation as well and you spotted a connection between somebody and the client, so that's what we're trying to spot those those connections, those correlations. Yeah, no, it's 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 very
0: interesting. I'm more of a direct action guy on the ground, close protection, advance work. You know, when I'm like looking at my routes and doing advance work, I'm looking for uh, surveillance at that time. But it's not like something that I really, really, really understand the nuts and bolts of. So it's awesome, really hearing you uh, get into the weeds with it. Uh, that's much appreciated. The, um, the correlation stuff is very interesting because yeah, you're right. You're trying to, you're out sneaking the sneaky. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're surveilling them and it doesn't demand that you immediately do something to stop them from their behavior.
1: Uh, you know, the yeah, mischief If, if you're two. doing straight up SD, it demands that you don't, yeah. which is another kind of thing. That's hard. You, you, cause you get more because you detect a suspicious person suspicious yeah. i mean you detect a correlation you detect a you detect a hostile observer you report mm-hmm. it and in most cases no you 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 not only do you not do anything about it because maybe other people are supposed to do something about it mm-hmm. you in many i've had cases where i need to take off now i can't even stick around to watch what happens uh, I, I To some extent, but that's yeah. already getting risky if I stick around. I've completed my job, it's an intel job. Mm-hmm. If you stick around, you have sharply diminishing returns after you've already reported what happens, especially if there's another follow-up that's more conventional. If somebody figures out that, hey, how did these conventional campus security triangulate on me so quickly? Somebody must be here they have a higher chance of detecting you and you don't want that so and then they disappear and
0: and re, and reshuffle the deck and come with different or
1: uh, or they techniques. figure out that the corporation in question is employing covert uh surveillance detection and they splatter that all over social media and and uh and and bad stuff happens the and you know head. bad public relations and so forth so uh, for example yeah. since uh I'm kind of big on the stories here. and stuff so yeah. um you know, I, I've, I've had that for in, in one of the big, big tech conferences in Silicon Valley. Um, they are literally, I mean, there are dozen, there are hundreds of security officers doing everything there. Hmm. Um, but they wanted another layer of, of field intel around all of that to see if anybody's trying to outsmart security. Hmm. These are campus security or event security officers. It's not particularly high level. Okay. Uh, anything can be outsmarted if you give any give give a hostile observer enough time. So, yeah, we don't want to give him enough time. So we're we're going to see if anybody's Mm -hmm. going to observe. And in one of the you know, I'm working this place a a few days already. Mm -hmm. And I see somebody walking into an empty field. This isn't necessarily straight up SD, but it's the kind of stuff that you pick up when you know where to look for and what to look for. An empty field, not even all that close to the venue. And somebody's walking into the field, carrying a, carrying kind of a a big case, a big, uh, kind of dark plastic case and lays it down on the ground. And I'm, I'm seeing him doing that. I was like, what's that guy doing with that case going into the, that field? Um, So I keep walking. I'm, I don't immediately stop. I keep walking, looking for a good sort of little vantage point for me to observe him. Some parking lot, a little bit there, a few cars, some trees, I kind of stop after a while and kind of pretend to look at my phone and I'm looking at him and I'm behind him and he keeps walking and he goes to the middle of the field and he opens up that case and he takes something out of it. I can't really see what it is. He puts it on the ground and he takes something else and he holds it with two hands and he does a few things and whoop, that little thing kind of starts floating up and whoop, we have, we have a drone <laughs> in a the drone. air. All That's right. And you know, boom, you report it. And like 60 seconds later, you know, three, campus security officers triangulate on and immediately uh, you're not supposed to fly drones there. The company actually owns that area. And uh, there's a huge conference. You might want to fly that thing over the conference. Um, And, and, you know, it's a good example of the kind of stuff that, that if, if you're positioned correctly and if you're, you know what to look for, you you know, the vantage points to pay attention to, uh, you're better positioned to detect something like that. And also an example of what I said, as soon as I see the security officers triangulate on him, uh, you know, you, it's my detection. Like I did it, I wanna yeah, see what yeah. happened. No, you—it's you that's it. You have diminishing returns at this point yeah. because you have only what to lose and not all that much to gain. It's already their show. Mm-hmm. And if that guy figures out that there's no way these three security officers found me this quickly, he might realize that somebody else might be in play around in the game the and have a better, better chance of spotting me. So no, I'm, I walk off at that point, you know, Outstanding. <clears throat> um, it's, you need, you need a, a bit of kind of self-discipline for, for a lot yeah. of this kind of stuff. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff, man. And so you just basically ghost after that happens, you lays the target and then vanish. Yeah.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. That's that's a good. I never thought that. That's a good yeah. a good analogy. Yeah, thank yeah. you. To laze it to laze it for for the follow up to come, and at that point, you know, I you don't want them to know that. Oh, somebody must have been lazing this. Somebody yeah, exactly. somebody else is here. No, I'm not there at that point. Yeah.
0: So essentially, you saw like um that person broke away from kind of the baseline of what was normal in that environment, and that's what caught your eye.
1: In that case, yeah. I mean, it was. It, yeah, I mean, m- most you. people don't walk into the middle of a like an empty field kind of mm-hmm. next to a big conference. So it, it already, I mean, he w- it wasn't like he was working completely covertly. He did yeah. have a good amount of distance, though. And mm-hmm. That's the thing. So it wasn't. It's not to say that a thing like that is impossible mm-hmm. for somebody not doing SD mm-hmm. to potentially uh, detect. Nothing we do is necessarily magic. You know, mm-hmm. nothing we do. We we're just humans with with pairs of eyes. But we observe things from a different perspective, also physically from a different perspective, from outside of what we call the red zone, which is where the vantage points are. We know where vantage points are because we do that kind of advanced work and mapping. And I can explain a little bit about that as well. We know where to look for and to do this properly we have a lot of patience, a lot of patience. I'm talking days and days of looking at just benches and fields and 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 just just vantage points and looking at the people sitting there. It's not something that a security officer usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something you can position security officers to do. So there's there are some tendencies and there is some training that needs to go into into doing something like this. In order to understand the mindset and manage your
0: expectations to hold up under it. <laughs> yeah. Under the, yeah. And, and spend it. the
1: time and invest the, the, the time. There's, there's a yeah. lot of self-discipline that needs to go into that. And, you know, especially when it's overnight and stuff, there's, it's, it's pretty tedious kind yeah. of work a lot of the time, again, sort of busting the, that myth that this is sort of exciting stuff. It's like a lot of the time you have to deal with, you know, mind numbing tedium and yeah. how to keep, how to stay aware When, when really there's, there's not a lot going on because that's, that's your job. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It's like kind of also the role of the imagination uh, that the imagination plays both in the close protection aspect of things. And it sounds like with the SD work, you know, it's well, what, like for us, it's what could happen what uh i'm staying ahead of the curve by imagining all the different outcomes yeah. and as we go into this room i need i need to push guys through to the next choke point take a look because this could happen out there and that yeah. could happen here and you know so i'm using my imagination to like perceive that which cannot be seen with the naked eye as yeah. sashi would say you know and then it sounds like in the sd world a lot of it is kind of understanding and almost like the same game it's mind-numbing it's boring because with our stuff too, it can get monotonous, yeah, which can start you in a um, a cycle of complacency, which can yeah. you know, cause you to fail. You know, it seems like with you guys too, a lot of the work is done up here, kind of like what does this mean and looking for correlations and some imagination as well.
1: Yeah, obviously. and you know, you know, I think for for both of those, uh, because I do a good amount of conventional security as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. just do SD. I I, I yeah. I actually, I do way more conventional stuff than what I call unconventional covert work. Hmm. Um, but you know, another interesting aspect both with conventional and unconventional is you use your imagination, but you can't, you, you can't go too far with that. Yeah, Cause exactly. you'll go crazy. I mean, yeah. either every single, you won't let Real anybody color. get close to the principal, and everything looks suspicious and yeah. SD, everything is a correlation. Um, you you have to go with some guidelines and with SD mm-hmm. because it's so psychological. And I've worked with some people who've had some issues with that where all of a sudden there's sur- hostile surveillance everywhere there's other teams of surveillance detection there's other teams of like who are these teams and yeah your mind starts you playing see what you're looking for yeah your mind you can do that all the time yeah you know, yeah exactly once, once you once you have a hammer everything starts looking like a nail right right um, yeah, yeah and uh, and and you have to work by some principles and with sd it's correlation um, mm-hmm. Yes, it's suspicious. Okay, take note of it. But is there a correlation? Is there? Yeah. And if the answer is no, or you can't frame your suspicions uh, within the, the structure of a correlation, yeah. then it's not a correlation. Then, then again, don't, don't ignore it. I mean, kind of make a little mental no. note of it, but don't let it drive you crazy because there's a lot of white noise uh, out there and your mind can also play tricks on you. Yeah. And don't let it drive you to see something else. It's like
0: therapy. If you have a, a suspicion that a client's doing or saying something, you know, it's easy for a therapist to like follow that hunch and like lead them in a, in, mm, in a way. Yeah. Kind of, and what you end up doing suggestion, is suggestion. Yeah. 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 You reveal your suspicion to a client that's paying attention. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that's interesting. And that same type of correlation game is played as well. So so that's kind of a one-on-one, how it's applied with private security. You touched on a little bit, but um, would you want to maybe, so really it sounds like SD is something that's designed to enable really the close protections or a lot of private security operations. It's, it's a, it's a tool, it's an asset
1: really. So, uh, you know, I, I think a, a, a good component. way to break it down is that mm-hmm. you can do uh I'll use the term pure SD in the sense of like dedicated covert SD operators that augment a physical, let's say, EP uh, effort. Um, And these are these are people that are usually outside. They have more of a distance and they're working covertly and they're behind the red zone, sort of behind the surveillance vantage points. Um, but the other, what you, I think you just touched on is, is SD enabled security to enable. Um, a lot of what I do, I, I have trainings, I conduct trainings uh, uh, quite a bit on this of enabling conventional security, either executive protection or, or campus security mm-hmm. uh, to have certain elements, have certain understanding of surveillance detection. They're not gonna work covertly it's not going to be that sort of covert cat-and-mouse kind of, kind of thing. It's just going to enable overt conventional force mm. uh, detect more than they would otherwise detect. And, and a good way to start with That's that so is, is to – you have to start with any kind of prevention, but definitely with SD-enabled security. You have to start with the adversarial position. Mm. Look at the client as a target. How would you target this client? And where would you position yourself? What would you do? What would you have to collect if you didn't know all the things you know as an insider necessarily? And what we're looking for oftentimes are not just the suspicious indicators about the person but vantage points in the area. Where would you position yourself if you don't wanna just stand in front of the entrance or stand on the street like a sore thumb to do your surveillance on a very low level um, and making it more, more likely that security will detect you, even conventional security, where would you go? What, what coffee shop or bench or park or busy intersection or gas station or some, where would you put yourself to kind of blend in with a little bit more distance to observe the target for a longer period of time and collect more intel on it as a bad guy? Mm-hmm. And now, now that you know, if you've mapped those uh physically if you've gone around as a bad guy to look at all at at all the vantage points that could look at say entrances and and vulnerabilities in the target now you know at the very least say you're doing an advance that's an important part of your advance absolutely to locate those not just the vulnerabilities in the target but the vantage points around from which somebody can can observe a vulnerability before Mm -hmm. they even get to the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And we take that information and the follow up with an SD enabled security would be pay attention to those vantage points. I can tell officers pay attention Mm -hmm. to everything around, but that's, Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot. It could be very, very confusing. So yes, I want you to pay attention to everything, but pay specific attention to that spot and to that spot. Mm -hmm. Specific attention means anybody there gets attention from you. That might be yeah. enough. Uh, don't have to do anything dramatic. Uh, mm-hmm. This is public property over there. They're, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just sitting around. But anybody there gets attention from you. What's yeah. attention? Acknowledgement, a little bit, you know, maybe a wave, maybe kind of, hey, how you doing? How's it going? Um, because those are really good vantage points mm-hmm. from which to observe vulnerabilities on the target. Absolutely. And And, and by doing, by giving conventional security officers, those simple elements, because they are pretty simple. Mm -hmm. You really, really raise their game. They don't even necessarily have to know exactly what they're doing. I'm talking about you can take campus security. You can take low level security officers and and just tell them, I want you to pay attention to here and here specifically. Anybody there gets a nod, gets a wave, go and say hi to them. That's it. That's all you need to do. Because if somebody's trying to collect information to observe it covertly, just that amount of attention from security uh, is very likely to deter them. Uh, It's very likely to show them that this is not the easiest place if they're getting that amount of attention before they ever get close to the facility. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And it helps your officers focus their attention and energy in a way that's just so much more productive. Exactly. Exactly perception, their perspective. Now they're kind of they're it, it helps them do things like like they're just seeing through the matrix a little bit more. That's mm-hmm. this area right here, these people, maybe they're not doing anything wrong, but they go from like green to yellow if they're loitering right yeah, around here. Exactly. And the reasons why is because these are our vulnerabilities and this is where someone would want to, you know, collect that data you know so yeah and then instead of just
1: walking around the campus you know with you're giving them a purpose you know you gotta you gotta sort of empathize with them a little bit a lot of campus security it could be pretty tedious for those guys as well Mm -hmm. so the TDM is a huge enemy for security yeah everybody thinks that thinks that the hostels are the big enemy a huge enemy to maintaining a good level of security is that tedium and boredom that a lot of security officers with have to deal me. with and not everybody can deal with it very well. So if you yeah. give them these insights, you give them these things to look for, you're, you're channeling them, you're making it easier for them to, to, to stay decent. And mm-hmm. if you wanna go even a step further, mm-hmm. like, okay. like Hycom uh, does, you supervise them from those positions. It's not yeah. exactly red teaming, Uh, or maybe it's very low-level red teaming, but you get field supervisors to go and and take positions there and to see how long it takes the security officers to spot that a supervisor is there. It's okay that they recognize the supervisor because that's not the main point. The main point is to check that they're looking, that they're paying attention to those. If you can recognize a supervisor there, you can observe somebody else who might be sitting there, give them attention, yeah. And it drives behavior, you know, supervisor yeah. might be out there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not, you know, it's not so much kind of a, ca- a carrot and a stick kind of thing, or, or it's, you're not beating them over the head with it. You're just oh. giving them something to bounce off of, you know, Yeah, it it's awareness. taking it out of theory. And, and talking about the practice of, oh, that's how it feels when somebody's yeah. there. Or, wait, you were there for 25 minutes and I didn't. De- ah, damn it. Okay, next time I'll I'll have to pay attention because that's what happens. Yeah,
0: yeah that's good stuff, man. Yeah. What kind of um, frequently asked questions do you get about SD? Probably through your website, I imagine you get.
1: Yeah, there's some.
0: Anything stand out to you? There,
1: there's quite a bit. I, I, maybe... Uh, I think I think a big a big uh, question is that sort of dichotomy between uh, pure SD and SD enabled security. <clears throat> a lot of times, a lot of the requests for SD. SD training or SD operations, um, mostly SD training. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as I start asking the right questions, okay, who who do you want me to train? What are we training them on? What do we, it becomes very uh, apparent that no, oh, this is SD enabled security. You're not, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have the resources, or you're not going to dedicate full time or even part time uh, covert operators to be uh, to be there. You just yeah. want your security force to be better trained on on detecting and on the sensitivity and raising their consciousness to, to, to this stuff to raise their game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big one. Another one that goes into. So kind um, of like
0: little, just basically training teams on what to do while they're out on the move, you know, the EP operators or whoever it is in order to be able to kind of see through the matrix and notice more of who's, who's could be surveilling them. Yeah.
1: So how to raise their game to to look for that yeah. kind of stuff. Don't just look for attackers, attack on principle, suspicious behavior, yeah. fight or flight response kind of stuff. No, no, no. Look for what comes even before that. Yeah. Right? So you want to really kind of dig deeper, earlier, nip it in the smaller mm-hmm. bud, you know, before it even comes to you. And that's and, and for that, you're going to have to look farther and deeper. Like how? To, you know to, I mean? to those, to those vantage points, those little, those vantage to, points, to where somebody would position themselves mm. to even learn about a vulnerability before they ever get close to do something about that. Yeah.
0: One of the things I always find funny is
1: when you're with your
0: client and, you know, from, you know, working outward from your client, if you ever want to know where your client's vulnerable, I think I said this right, but if you ever want to know where your client's vulnerable, look for the camera guy man the camera guys get mm. the best angles when if yeah you're that type of client at venues and stuff like that if you it's like you know i'm always looking for okay who's got the angles on my client and, and what's going on out here and whenever i'm at a venue you'll see a camera guy standing right there or if i'm in the crowd working the crowd yeah you know and i'll be looking for the angles and i'll i'll be like all right this is a good
1: spot and Right. Nice. And that's, and that's essentially a vantage point, a type of a vantage point and yeah. for, for legit cameramen, It's not a covert vantage point. but It's a vantage point nonetheless. Right. Yeah. With a straight shot. Usually yeah. what kind of uh, little do's and don'ts
0: around, you know, noticing if someone's watching you, uh, is there anything else that kind of stands out? Like, you know, if you're on foot walking around with a client, are there any little things besides the nervous behavior?
1: Um, yes. So we talked about observation, uh, somebody who's observing and not just observing by chance, but observing with, uh, what seems to be purpose, which Mm. oftentimes is, is longer than a normal person sits and just looks at a interesting looking building or, or, or some, something going on. There's movement, as we said, if there is movement involved, there's also gesturing, which is kind of an interesting thing. So you want to detect if there's any correlations uh, of somebody of gestures or communication gestures and things like that of the individual correlating to specific times uh, regarding what the client does. So if the client is a um, a facility or an event mm-hmm. and arrival of individuals or arrival of VIPs or even if it's just a break when somebody goes out and here's somebody in a vantage point either take either filming at that, or maybe taking note of it, or maybe communicating it in some way, arrival of principal, departure of principal, Mm -hmm. somebody, you know, both times, that's the only time somebody took their phone out, put something in the phone that was principal arriving and here's principal leaving. Somebody's kind of gesturing on on the phone again. again. It could be something as subtle as that, but that's a good correlation of somebody who's trying to collect Intel on your principal arrival and departure, which we all know are tricky times you want to pay close attention Bye. to. The yeah. knowledge that somebody is already uh, looking for those vulnerabilities mm. is something you might want to detect. So that's, that's mm. a good kind of thing to – and, and it, it could just be sort of straightening up or, or, you know, somebody's trying to really maintain a low profile – but all of a sudden kind of perks up when, when there's something them. going on. Again, either arrival or departure or, or some kind of key something that's happening.
0: Mm.
1: And they've been essentially kind of waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. important for them to detect. So, and it's, it's easier for you to do it as a detector slash, protective detector mm. because you should already have the schedule mm. of when that's going to happen. So before arrival of principal, And before departure of principal, you should already be heightened looking at all the vantage points, if you're positioned to do that, of course. Um, And to see if, you know, within the next few minutes, principal is going to arrive or depart. And is there anything correlating in the area to that? Does somebody, because they don't necessarily know. In fact, if they knew, they wouldn't have to collect this intel. They're collecting this intel in order to find out yeah so for them it's it's uh somewhat of a surprise um, of course they're expecting it to happen but they don't know exactly when it's going to happen so it's like oh oh shit here he comes here he comes okay, <laughs> here, get your phone and and yeah. somebody who's doing just something like that boom you might have you might have uh just detected something that gives you an indication that there's some kind of something being done maybe a hostile planning process <clears throat> being conducted solid good yeah. to go and again, that person doing that kind of stuff—that's yeah. not the main threat. Of course, the main threat is what the information is being used for. For yeah,
0: absolutely. That's a, just one little spot in their little hostile yeah, plan. It's the exactly.
1: indication of the uh, of the planning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Solid. Any other frequently asked questions
1: that come to mind? Um, there's that uh, I call it the dichotomy between surveillance detection and counter surveillance. Uh, A lot of people that ask for counter-surveillance are actually asking for surveillance detection. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people who ask for surveillance detection are actually asking for counter-surveillance. And let me make a a very important definition there. Uh, Again, I define surveillance detection as the detection of the issue. It culminates in a report. Counter-surveillance is when you flip the tables and you go offensive and you start following them. Um, in order to do counter surveillance, at least in the state of California, you need a PI license for that. That's that's mm-hmm. not even protective intelligence, that's already private, at least legally okay. speaking, you're already following people. You're yeah. already investigating you're people. To do it legally, you need a PI license. Mm-hmm. And I have had requests, we don't do that kind of work. I personally, I, I have colleagues that I refer people <clears throat> to when I get requests like that. Oftentimes I get requests like that and I have to mention that we don't do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. It's completely, it's a, not a completely, but it's a, it's a different dynamic and we don't do PI kind of counter surveillance stuff. So that's, that's a, a pretty common one. It often happens, to give you examples, yeah. of when there is a threat on your client. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done cases where the threat comes in This is usually when SD has to be conducted very quickly. It's not a very comfortable situation where how quickly can you get there and start doing SD? Whoa, no prep, no nothing, no advances. Uh, I've had a few of these. It's not comfortable, but you do what you can because they've had a threat being issued. They're issued a threat and now they want to do another protective layer around the facility. But in some cases, They want the person who issued the threat to be surveilled, surveilled. Hmm. Um, So in that case that you're already going, it's not so much counter surveillance, but you're going offensive. You're going surveillance on on a a person of interest. Person of interest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And in that. Yeah. As I said, that that's not the kind of work we usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll refer somebody to, to somebody else. But that is not surveillance detection. You're already doing surveillance on you know, <laughs> your DOI. Counter at that point. Or surveillance. Yeah. surveillance. Yeah. Solid. Okay. So, yeah, so, And again, the, 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 you, it might kind of be very uh, indistingu- indistinguishable for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but legally, it's very distinguishable. You need yeah. a PI license for this, and for this, this is a protective, defensive. Uh, aspect, so you don't need a PI license for a, a protective, a protective defensive uh, function. You do need it if you're going investigative slash offensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Roger. Okay. Common
0: misconceptions about SD, um, other than people thinking it's cooler than it. <laughs> well, it's cool when it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Um It's it's pretty cool, you know. But common
1: misconceptions
0: that uh, that you run into or see, guys, new guys.
1: Okay, so some of them, let let me let me break it down between common misconceptions of uh, more on the client side and Mm -hmm. common misconceptions or mistakes Mm -hmm. um, from the operator end of things of people who get into SD. So from the client side, I think I mentioned a few of them where this confusion between uh, are we talking pure, dedicated, covert SD operators or are we talking about enabling overt conventional, it could be very high-end operators, but uh, if they're still um, operating uh, overtly to have some SD elements, there are also misconceptions regarding what covert means. Some people think, I've even had a client come up from LA thinking that uh, an operator in a suit and tie, black suit and tie with a pigtail on their ear with their principal would be uh, covert, yeah. secret service style. And I had to explain. No, no, no. That's you see, that's very overt. That's there's nothing covert about that. Um, so yeah, we're um, gonna be on TMZ in five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that there's there's confusion about what what that might mean. You you in most cases you you have a, a an overt security, low profile security, and then covert security. Um, so a lot of people mix either mix up. Covert and low profile with overt, or at least between low profile and covert, and they don't quite understand that. Um, Okay, that you're not being in a uniform or not being in a suit and tie Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily make you covert. You're you're just lowering the profile. So maybe a lot of people might not not detect that, but a some people might. A professional will probably detect that you're not actually working. Covert, you're working low profile, that's fine. That's, there's mm-hmm. advantages and disadvantages to every one of these. So yeah. it isn't to say that there's, that's a mistake. It's just, a, it's important to fit the right solution for what you're looking for.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so those are, you know, and then the confusion between surveillance detection, counter surveillance, okay. requests that I've had uh, to do SD on a POI. Uh, here's where the POI lives, can you do SD on them the whole weekend? It's like, no, 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 you, you don't, you see that's counter, I'm already doing surveillance on them. That's not a protective measure. Yeah, well, It's protective in general, but uh, you want straight up a surveillance on them. You don't want surveillance protection on your client, you want surveillance on the POI, that's, that's a different, again, that's PI license kind of stuff, this mm-hmm. is protective stuff. Um, from the operator end, again, some of these still exist, particularly the one about operators who uh, supposedly have worked covert uh, or covertly. And uh, in reality, no, you just were ununiformed, uh, non-uniform, but that's not necess- that's not really covert necessarily. Okay. It, it isn't just a question of what you might have been wearing. It's everything about how you have been conducting yourself, what you were doing, uh, it, it, it goes a lot deeper than just the outer layer you 're not just a, a a chameleon that changes the outside it 's about how you move and how you ch- how, how you react and what your goal is altogether mm-hmm. uh, with yeah, sure. with covert uh, either covert field intelligence or even covert protection and I think maybe a good segue here is to talk about uh, since i 've trained and worked with a lot of of people, most of the people who gravitate into this kind of stuff, unsurprisingly, are people with really solid, strong military, law enforcement, security backgrounds. Yeah. And they want to up their game or they want to get into this, this interesting uh, field of, of SD. And something that comes up a lot in training, but also unfortunately all in operations, is that they bring some tendencies, some protector tendencies, into field intel. And- at, don't necessarily work too well
0: yeah like well mm -hmm.
1: the what do you see so the posture that you take as a protector Mm. that head on a swivel all the good stuff all the great stuff as a protector the the uh commanding presence head on a swivel visual control uh patrolling an area
0: eye contact, Um, heavy eye contact. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, and just, and, and the, the, all the elements of of good solid control and deterrence and you bring that into the SD game and it's terrible.
0: Um, yeah,
1: you're burning yourself as an operator. It's just what you want to do if you're working covert is not do any of those things. Yeah. Um, so for example, I, I, I think I wrote, I, I have, Just because I can't do justice to this, um, so uh, just like last time, I'll keep referring to either my book Mm -hmm. or the Protection Circle blog where you can look up articles that I wrote about specifically about this, tips and suggestions for covert operators and tips and suggestions for SD operators where I talk a lot about these uh, issues. Mm -hmm. And I had, for example, in one of the SD uh, operations we did in San Francisco a few years ago, um we detect a guy he's a young guy he's got kind of a crew cut going on he's got one of those sort of like cool military-ish looking 511 backpacks he's got tactical boots he's wearing jeans and kind of a and and sort of a like a button shirt untucked uh like this he's got some good muscle on him he's got a little bulge here in the back from a radio Um, And and he's got all these indicators with his appearance and his behavior. And he's taking a position across the street. We're already doing SD. There's a ton of security for the venue. We're doing SD. The security from the venue doesn't know about us, uh, mostly for public relations uh, reasons we don't report to them or anything. We're reporting to an Intel department in the corporation and Both they- departmentalized you know, completely. Yeah, exactly. And they get to, to um, deploy if we need a, a security uh, response. Um, and here's this guy and he's taking a position. It's not even a, an SD position. It's not even a good surveillance vantage point. He's just okay. across the street leaning on some newspaper stand. And he's just, he's so awful. He's He's trying to be covert and he's wearing all the wrong things and he's looking awful. And um, I report it because, you know, it's somebody who's observing. It's something I need to report. I mentioned that I do not think this is a hostile observer. I think this is somebody that's working security, that's probably taking it on themselves or somebody got a bit ambitious there. But it's bad to do that particularly if you have public relations issues and somebody might spot that and and bust them out and the corporation might look bad for it so if you're gonna if you're gonna go covert you have to go all the way you can't just go low profile and hope for the best and those are the kinds of things that i see that people who transition out of security out of that mindset and they don't do it all the way so they're they're going to be too close, for example. It's very difficult to let go of this idea of, no, allow a potential hostile to be closer to the principal than you are. Uh, it, remind yourself that you're doing intel, you're not yeah. doing physical protection. Wow. Stop patrolling, a lot of patrolling going on. We don't <laughs> patrol. Ah. You can go mobile, but we yeah. definitely don't want to patrol because that's yeah. a classic see, mistake. Once or twice, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah it's it's it 's kind of it, it, you know I always mention that all of these things that I point out, yeah that I write about that I try to correct with people, obviously yeah. i I made all those mistakes myself, yeah. I think it should be obvious if if it 's not already mm-hmm. um, that 's the reason why i 'm so good at catching those things, yeah. because I know exactly where that 's coming from, I know exactly what mm-hmm. that feels. I still have the inclination to do it myself i just i 'm mm-hmm. a bit more experienced and trained to do otherwise. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: It's very interesting. Cause they're like, I mean, with security, like you, you kind of want to be the man, you know what I mean? Like you kind of like want to be close to the client and be more, very proactive and yeah. uh, looking around and things. And this is like such a much more subversive, uh, like gentle art, you know? Uh, yeah.
1: You're, yeah. you're, you're sending uh, you're, you're helping other people be the man. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they're gonna do the follow-up, you're you're giving them all the info and then you're just ghosting out of there. Nobody will ever know about you. Awesome, yeah. yeah. And even more than that, you'd love to find out what happens later. Yeah. If, if there isn't a straight up security response, yeah, wouldn't that be awesome, whatever happened? I mean, it took me three and a half days till I made a detection and that was a sweet detection that I made there. Yeah. What in the world happened? I wanna know and guess what? none of your business mm-hmm. it's you you shouldn't even ask <laughs> really. it's
0: yeah you if you it's a, a
1: need people. to know compartmentalized uh, if the intel department wanted you to know they would notify you if we need to detect them further if they're mm-hmm. a follow up but uh you're in most cases a oh, source true. of intel not a not a client of intel they they're not going to tell you anything <laughs> <laughs> you're a source yeah.
0: of intel not a client of intel yeah. i yeah. love that are there any like Uh, any hacks that come to mind, any like, uh, cool kind of shortcuts or things you've learned in the field that you don't see other places?
1: I think even to go just superficially with, with, uh, how, uh, how you want to appear, say clothing and so forth. Yeah. Um, I always tell people stay away from anything tactical. Of course, uh, yeah. you don't want any tactical pants or, or backpacks. Or, or if you, you got good, you know, you you got a good physique on you, put something bulky that you Dang. don't see. Stop um, trying to be the man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Keep a keep a, f- a bunch of clothes in your closet. Like I think I even mentioned this, uh, a <laughs> bunch of silly looking. Fashion jeans that your wife got you a while ago or some cardigan sweaters that just like, the hell is that some aunt got you a bunch of years ago? Mm -hmm. And those are perfect because all the stuff that doesn't represent your personality is exactly what you want. It's going to hide who you are and what you're really doing. It doesn't look the part. It doesn't Mm -hmm. look like something that fits a tactical field operation, which is exactly why you want it. That's exactly the advantage of something like that. So those are little things. Stay away from any, yeah. Tech. Even the the all the the five eleven, or you can find these these things where it's called covert tactical. Mm. Nope. Uh, any anything that says covert on it isn't okay. It, it just is. it's not. It doesn't look right. It's uh, not covert. Yeah, yeah. So it might sell pretty well, but it's mm-hmm. it's usually kind of it's usually BS. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because the trained eye is going to be like, okay, all right, yeah, I saw that commercial too.
1: Everybody, everybody goes on Five Eleven. I know what that is. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you say is the hardest or worst part about SD, in your opinion, in experience?
1: Yeah, the 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 so tedium. I talked about that uh, yeah. ambiguity. I think I, I I alluded to that when I talked about the fact that they don't. Uh, your client, whoever you're reporting the information to, um, at least in my experience, uh, isn't, uh, isn't going to tell you whatever happened, uh, yeah. with, with that. And, um, yeah, just the ability to maintain the, the ability to maintain, there's a ton of tedium mm. and the, the self it's mostly self-discipline that will, uh, enable you to maintain that because a lot of it is really hard. And, Sometimes I describe for every like molehill of a detection, there's a mountain of patience and tedium that has to come before. uh, And the ability to to do something like that, the ability to just grind your teeth uh, for that one boom, that one sweet detection, or, or as is often the case, no detection. Mm -hmm. And it just ends and you go home and that's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you did your job and you provided another set of eyes and and high level detection capabilities uh and it's good news in a sense you know nothing nobody nobody showed up to do any but but you gave your client that uh that perspective that they didn't have before
0: yeah and some satisfaction yeah some peace of mind which is what we're all here to do really yeah um what would you say are the hardest lessons you've learned in the field
1: I think, uh, yeah, I talked about it last time with, uh, with uh, my initial training, of course, yeah. was really hard. Uh, I thought I would do a lot better and I didn't. So mm-hmm. a very, very humbling experience of making that hard transition from uh, protective operations to field intel. And the fact that the, the path between the two is lined with a very important mistakes that you have to make mm. and mistakes that have to be pointed out to you. And that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people was for me. I'm, you know, like everybody else, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not easy, but yeah, making those really hard, embarrassing mistakes. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. These are, as I said, important mistakes, mm-hmm. but that's how you learn how to do it. And what was like
0: one of the mistakes,
1: if you don't mind. I think it's the expectation of the fact that the correlations, for example, would 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 appear suspicious. Yeah. You you, that you would detect that you would detect something like that. How would you not? Somebody's correlating to the target. And how could you not detect that? There's just so much going on around and having conducted enough uh, courses myself. Mm-hmm. to To see, and then in the course for uh, what happens a lot in the course is that you have role players, role yeah. playing hostile uh, surveillance that the SD uh, trainees have to detect. Now, the role players are not directed specifically by me. I might go as far as as telling the role player, "Okay, this is a mobile thing. You have to go mobile after the the principal." Oftentimes, the principal is me. Uh, yeah. Um, or at least be in the area. Here are some vantage points. But I'm not directing the role players. They have to they have to do it themselves because otherwise it's not so realistic. Yeah. Um, I detect the role players. A because I know how to do it. B obviously because I know who they are. I hired yeah. them to do it, so I can detect them. And noticing how difficult it is for trainees to detect that. Mm-hmm. Um, these are you know five, six, seven operators, all with really solid backgrounds and we have to do this this mobile thing over and over and over and over again the the role player is behind me all the time and no detection okay let's run it again exactly the same no detection exactly the same by the fourth time okay yes 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 here's that guy it takes like four you know times to detect somebody following the principle around, you know, just a few blocks around downtown because it's really hard. You'd think like, wow. why would it be so hard? There's only one guy following the whole Us, way. Yeah. Well, they're not following right on top. They're following with a, a good amount of distance. And I remember it myself. It's really difficult. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. And I mean, and then you take that into real life and it's like, man, I have to really pay attention and apply yeah. these. Yeah, yeah. Or they'd be efficient at this. Otherwise... <laughs> Things he be right in front of my face. And yeah, like,
1: wow. it's, there is nothing straightforward about it. It is, it is really difficult. I don't care how good you, you think you are. It's, it's very, very difficult to detect some of these things. Yeah, wow.
0: What would be your proudest moment with SD, with regards to SD?
1: Yeah, I think uh, so. The detections are yeah. are uh, a good one when you've you've made a solid detection, either something like that, the the drone, or or something like uh, a POI I detected in the city. You know, going between different vantage points, and then boom, you have like a, a pinpointed result that you can that you can uh, uh, give either the uh, protective team or the intel department. It's those kinds of things. Um, uh, Those sort of eyes in the field when you can detect something. It's also okay. It's a little vaguer and maybe not quite as satisfying to not detect anything, which is to say the the client has a huge concern. Somebody's issued threats. They said that they're going to come in the next few days and we really are concerned and they know about security and, you know, we want an extra eyes there. So, so we have a team there and we don't detect anything. Um, and that's okay because the person didn't show up, but we're there to tell them that the, that nobody showed up. Nobody, nobody was there planning anything. Again, it's not quite as satisfying because it's yeah. omission rather than commission. It's, it's, yeah. it's the absence of, of anything, but You've equipped them with the information that you're good. No one has shown up because without you, all they have is guesswork. Security's not going to detect that. Yeah. And they have a concern and they they're they're trying to balance this vague kind of risk profile without mm-hmm. knowing who's actually out there. So now they don't who's actually out there or who isn't out there.
0: Awesome. And they have some answers and they have some perspective and exactly. some content about it. That's solid. What would you say about um, fieldcraft SD fieldcraft that's applicable not only in the security industry but also to civilians.
1: Yeah. And once again, I keep saying this. I have a, an article exactly yeah. about that. Uh, awesome. It's based on on my I think the last chapter in my book. Not to denigrate the uh, field of intelligence and and surveillance and surveillance detection. This isn't exactly rocket science. Um, mm-hmm if you understand the principles of hostile surveillance, um, even just the knowledge of where vantage points are, you can apply them to anything. So in security, we apply it to our clients and mm-hmm. we talk about assets. Well, you're, a, you're your own client or your family is yeah. your own biggest asset or your house or or wherever, wherever, whatever you care about. So you can apply these principles to yourself As well, principles in in PLD, not PAL. Where, you know, observe. Where can you be observed from? Uh, What are the vulnerabilities of your your own workplace, of of your own residence, of your kids' school, of of stuff like that? Of of where should you look, and what kind of awareness should you have when you're out and about in the street, um, when you're meeting people somewhere? All of those kinds of things. you, you can apply all of them to yourself. And it, very important for me to say, because a lot of people think that I live in this bubble of, of covert, S- 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 I don't, greatness. I really don't. Go <laughs> as far or as near as you want with that. You don't necessarily have to live in some crazy paranoid bubble. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, yeah. but the general knowledge of it uh, mm-hmm. can help you. And if there are times where it's more important to pay more attention, Um, then, then you can apply it pretty much anywhere. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And it's really, it's like being a, you know, having that protection mindset, it, it helps you focus on different things, see things differently and act in ways that really just keep you and your family more secure. You're, you know, you look at a bunch of people on a street and you see it, you're going to take in, different information based on your perspective and your paradigm and your training and your background as a normal civilian would. Um, And it's really understanding that art and then being able to apply it to your civilian life. You're going out to the movies and who's who in the zoo, you know, you walk in and you're paying attention to who's where and what's going on and where you're going to sit and all these little things that give you a little bit of an edge and help you. Yeah. Kind of protect yourself and your family
1: yeah and and the follow up what you do with with that, if, yeah, uh, is it doesn't necessarily have to be tactical at all in fact, it's better oftentimes if it isn't anything uh, covert or tactical <clears throat> in any kind of kind of sense you know if you if you're going in some place, uh, either a bar or somewhere or or, or whatever it is, and, and there's some people who are clearly in some vantage point that it just, you, it caught your eye and they're totally yeah. checking, you know, is it, you don't necessarily have to play any kind of cat and mouse game with them. You know, what? I'm going to the other place, or this is not yeah. a good area no. for right now. There's, you know, I'm, I'm heading out of here. Just, <laughs> yeah. just prevent it from, from in, in the first place, you know, which oftentimes you want to do with your principal as well. If you can avoid danger mm-hmm. rather than encounter it and, and, and counter it. Um, obviously you want to do that, but you have to be aware of what's around you in the first place.
0: Absolutely. Best places to learn
1: SD. Uh, again, I, something that I wrote about, um, I'll start with uh, a little kind of admitting the fact that I, we don't have in HiCom. uh, we haven't had an open, uh, enrollment SD, uh, course in quite a while. Those are, those are difficult to do. Um, And I have some ideas about uh, SD training that sort of varies uh, from other SD training providers in general. Mm -hmm. I have found that um, SD training mostly focuses on kind of detection and how to detect and the mechanics of detection, which is really important. And and a a little less about the experience of it of the dealing with the tedium which is super important it's mm-hmm. very difficult to put that in a course okay uh, how are you going yeah, to put people in the field for a week to bore them off to yeah. bore them completely for a you can't do a course like that so it's it's very very difficult and uh, because of that reason and because of some other reasons where it's really difficult for a company like ours, we, we are a service provider, we're not a training academy. Mm-hmm. So logistically it's difficult for us to provide for people who are looking for training academy. So the only trainings that I do are for clients who want, to, who want me to come and train their teams or if there's a dedicated team that wants to come and, and do a, a proper kind of thing. So it's not an open enrollment situation. Yeah. Um, AS Solution does open enrollment, I know, and I think ESI does, and there's a few others. I think PFC in Vegas does, not SD, but I think they do a, a covert uh, protection. Um, they have a different kind of name for it, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't looked it up in, in a while. Um, but yeah, those, those are some of the places that That's you can go for. Um, I think there. East Coast, I, I know of some, but not specifically. So yeah, those those would be the kind of the main. I think AS solution and ESI would be would be your, your places real to, to really awesome. go and to and to get started. And um yeah.
0: Awesome.
1: What is inductive observation,
0: real quick? Ah. And is there a deductive observation because there's an inductive
1: observation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh that's a term I made uh in one of one of my articles and yeah. also mm-hmm. it made it into the book. So that's the ability to observe and try to understand what's happening it's it's essentially a sherlock holmes game okay. uh, and i know in sherlock holmes uh, oddly enough they're, they're calling it uh, uh, the i think it's they have a nifty kind of the the science of deduction uh strictly speaking it's not deduction it's induction because uh, you're not starting deduction is more of starting from a principle and looking for how the principles is uh, implemented here, we're starting from the bottom, we're we're looking at indicators and we're trying to see if the indicators lead to some kind of idea or principle regarding the person. So it's something that I apply to people Mm. and it's the ability to uh, observe people and figure them out where are they coming from where are they going based on what's on them and we touched on this a little bit last time where mm. nothing that's on you is random you put everything on you and it, it represents your uh, who you are and what you're what you're going for yeah. with what with what you're doing most of what comprises your appearance uh is chosen by you unchosen appearance age race gender so forth that's not telling me anything important because what I'm looking for is intent. Security is all about intent, specifically looking for hostile intent. Uh, And hostile intent is something that I'm looking for through indicators that have to do with your appearance and with your body language body language is anybody who's familiar with left of bang uh patrick van horn um him and me have gone back and forth a lot uh over the years we're friends yeah. and we <laughs> love each other's i love his book his book is awesome you know left of bang um yeah. and we met and we and we've talked and we wrote each other and we debated online about stuff because our our main thing is is um the fact that um i, I go into the uh, applying these principles i call, again I, I call it inductive observation um, mm-hmm. patrick van horn's uh, idea is again you can also look at that as as a certain kind of inductive observation i apply it to appearance in okay. addition to just body language uh what you have on you what you what you are indicating to the and we talked about the fact that you say you have your ruggedized watch on on Mm -hmm. your wrist and 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 that that uh that wedding ring that that kind of also you see in a lot of kind of guys who have some kind of background or sort of like stronger kind of hold up
0: yeah tungsten (laughs)
1: yeah 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 um and and, you know all all these little things that people put on them that they either do or don't realize that they they give information about the individual let alone if the person is carrying something or how they have their, their hair, their facial hair, you know, everything else that, that shoes are a big one. I always look at shoes. Um, So all these little tips uh, to raise your consciousness to it and try to ask your question, what does that mean? Where is this person coming from? Where are they going? What, what are their interests from here? Why did they put that on themselves before they left their house to come to this place at this time. Yeah. And you ask these questions and you play these games. And sometimes you get it wrong and sometimes you get it right. And you keep learning as you go.
0: Yeah. That's good stuff, man. That's yeah. I love that stuff. That's everyday stuff.
1: And you apply it, you apply it to any kind of form of security, yeah. executive protection, or or SD as well.
0: Or even business, sales, life, walking yeah. around, going Ooh, to Yeah, the,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh <laughs> you know what I mean like
0: <laughs> this is being an efficient and effective human being, yeah, you know, you should be kind of paying attention to these visual,
1: cues. yeah, you should always apply it to yourself before you apply it to anybody else, yeah. yeah, that's true too, yeah. Look
0: in the mirror and kind of be like, What am I giving away? and it's the reason I haven't k- taken my tattoos beneath my sleeve line, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, so, tattoos. I was thinking maybe I'll get a sleeve. and I'm like, Ah, I'll be given so much information, you know, yeah, yeah. You can already tell, like, I'm a bald guy. So like, you know, you kind of get a feel you know, I mean, if if I'm bald before my time, okay, this guy's shaving his head every day. He might be a hard head, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you know, like, yeah.
0: facial hair, keeping it a little trimmed. You know, maybe he's paying attention to details. Yeah. But he's got a beard, probably a little more of a kind of wanna be tough guy too. He's got a little bit of tattoo going on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I profile myself, you know? <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, Uh, so yeah that's good stuff man. that's life skills mommy daddy all you guys kids listening y'all should be using this stuff yeah Uh, give you a window into who you're dealing with Uh, okay so any uh lifestyle considerations for the sd artist anything like um things that make you better at sd or just lifestyle stuff that you want people to maybe look at doing that'll make them better Hmm. or better protectors i don't know
1: yeah I think it all starts with, with raising your consciousness so you yeah. you have to you have to be able to to be aware of all these things and and of a bunch of things uh that didn't necessarily uh come into your consciousness as anything particularly mm-hmm. important or whatever mm-hmm. uh notice all of that and the balance always the balance so you're raising your your level of awareness, awareness. Yeah. and what initially happens and it happened to me and I've seen it happen to a lot of people is you get crazy with that because it makes you into a paranoid right yeah. and then so so you have to raise it up and then you have to find a way to bring it down to a manageable level whatever level it is for you because um, i don't think it's particularly healthy to to live or 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 even just work in such a, a sense of, uh, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Hyper there's a lot of activity. noise out there and there's a lot yeah. of stuff. So you have yeah. to, you have to really, really work on your filters mm. uh, to, in order to balance that awareness that you've, that you've developed. That I think is really the key because if you're not aware, then boom, you're missing the whole thing. Yeah, if you're-, you're super aware, you're either totally paranoid because you, every single individual is suspicious yeah. and then you miss that one, the one that yeah. was, you just reported 99 others. So you just drowned in the, in the sea of nonsense. Um, if you don't, if you don't apply the right filters to that, 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 you know, everything else
0: and that kind all of the of other coach.
1: tips kind yeah. of, you know, we talked about some of those, some of those things of how to wear, how to dress and, posture you take and and stop patrolling and stop with the head on the swivel lean you know <laughs> kind of sit back in your just slouch back be a nasty kind of just civilian be just on your me. phone <laughs> yeah be kind of be sort of dim kind of like if yeah. you kind of you know pick your nose or whatever just don't look like an operator if you're if you're trying to not be an operator so don't uh, be the man yeah, be, be conscious. And again, that, that has to do with that inductive observation and, and that consciousness of how you look to others. Yeah. You know, if you if you don't want to be, I think I really, if you don't want to be a a bull in a china, you do, you you know, you just got out of the Marines, for example. You did you did security for a few years. Now you want to work covert. If you don't want to be a bull in a china shop, you you have to realize you have big horns on your head. You know, you you you're not realizing that you, how you look to other people you know mm-hmm. so that ability to self-reflect is is very important yeah that's awesome man that's huge i think we
0: covered it pretty good brother that's yeah man thanks so much for your time once yeah. again, and i mean it's always good man to always learn a whole lot get a lot of awesome perspective brother um any shameless plugs what you up to where people can find you where you want them to go
1: Okay. So, uh, you know, I work for Highcom Security Services. You can find them at Services.com. We work primarily in the San Francisco Bay Area, but we do shoot out occasionally for uh, when the need arises. Um, you can find my writing at uh, Protection Circle, uh, ProtectionCircle.org. Uh, please check out my book, Surveillance Zone. It's uh, now available not just in print and Kindle, but also in audio. Uh, i recorded the audio myself like i said that's why i have all this fancy equipment uh so it's my annoying voice narrating my own book with a lot of extra bonus material on there that is not in the printed uh in the hard copy or the kindle um so uh you can find that um you know pretty much everywhere it's on itunes as well uh and yeah, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it. You, it's, I'm really easy to find on social media. Pretty much any yeah. social media, you can you, you'll you'll look for Amitobin or for Protection Circle, and uh, you'll find me.
0: Sounds good, brother. That sounds All right. good. All right, man.
1: Well, thanks so much for
0: coming on. All right, thank you. Look forward to doing stuff for the end of the future, brother. All right, All thanks right. a lot, man. In the next one. Out. Boom! Yo, special announcement: we've got the very first Protector Symposium. Coming up this November 15th and 16th, check the website Byron Rogers Motivation for more information about it. You can purchase tickets there. It's going to be amazing. We've got Ed Caldrone and Yosef Badu coming on to teach us some hardcore soft skills. Check it out. Get involved. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. We're going to have a great time leveling up as protector. So check the website, ByronRogersMotivation.com or ExecutiveProtectionLifestyle.com for all the details and to purchase you and your security detail, police department, or family's tickets out. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to ExecutiveProtectionLifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account, that patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible contributing to this brand what we're doing here making it so that i can bring better guests on making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an america a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that the lifestyle behind that you guys are already killing it one dollar a month Five dollars a month, ten bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at Executive Lifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love and is one of the fastest growing if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online so if you haven't joined the Facebook group join the Facebook group Uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com if you want to find me that's byronrogersmotivation.com and I'm on all the social media platforms Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well so until the next podcast y'all stay sharp out there And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.